You're listening to Give Me the Bible with Len. Today's program is entitled Warnings. Hello my radio friends, welcome to the program today. Have you noticed, especially when you're driving, all the warning signs that you're expected to take notice of? Here are a few examples. Narrow road, 80 ahead, stop and speed humps. And then there are those pictorial signs where there are no words at all. Examples of those could be a silhouette of a kangaroo or a steep cliff with maybe falling rocks or of a truck sliding on a slippery road. Warnings for our daily lives come in many shapes and forms. Parents warn their children. New electric or electronic devices come with a large list of warnings. Even plastic packaging bags have written warnings. Health warnings are given on medicine bottles, cigarette packets and TV commercials. So why are warnings given? Most warnings are given to protect us from harm and danger and to ensure our future life will not be compromised. Warnings are a good thing, even if we don't like them. Those who choose to ignore warnings are often hurt and suffer negative consequences, which would have not happened if the warnings were heeded. The Bible, too, contains many warnings, and like most other warnings, are given for our benefit. The first warning in the Bible is found in the first book, Genesis. It was given by God to our ancestral parents, Adam and Eve. Genesis chapter 2, verses 16 and 17. There we read, God said, You are free to eat from any tree in the garden, that's the Garden of Eden, but you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, for when you eat of it you will surely die. And as you probably know, Adam and Eve disregarded that warning, and they suffered the consequences God warned them about. They died. Unfortunately, that sin they committed, the sin of disobedience, has afflicted the human race ever since. And what terrible results have followed, affecting mankind and the planet. Jealousy, hatred, greed, war, murder, theft and abuse are some of the problems we live amongst every single day. What would life be like if the warning God gave to Adam and Eve had been heeded? It would be heaven on earth. 
Now, we can't cover all the warnings that are in the Bible today, but in the book of Exodus is a list of warnings given so that human beings may live together happily and peacefully. And that list is called the Ten Commandments. Those ten warnings, or as some see them as rules, are a divinely given recipe for a healthy, happy and holy life. If they were heeded by everyone, there'd be no need of a police force, no need for lawyers, prisons, and possibly no need for hospitals. It is, as the Apostle Paul wrote in Romans 7:12, so then, the law, that's the Ten Commandments, is just and holy and good. You know, there is this popular and ridiculous notion that God's law, the Ten Commandments, has been abolished. I wonder if the people who make that claim think God must be stupid. Why would God set up such a comprehensive, beautiful set of rules which promote harmony and outline our responsibilities toward both God and our fellow man, then, for no good reason, turn around and dispose of them? If you take away those just, holy and good rules, what would you get in their place? Well, the answer is probably anarchy, where everybody does whatever he wants or she wants to do. It's a good thing to realise that much civil law, that is the law of the land, is based on what God gave in those Ten Commandments. Another significant warning is found in the Book of Wisdom, that's Proverbs. And I'll read to you from chapter 2, verses 1 and 5, and also from chapter 3, verses 1 to 6. Besides being rather poetic, the warnings are given that people, and especially young people, may follow a right path as they map out their lives. And here it is. My son... If you accept my words and store up my commands within you, turning your ear to wisdom and applying your heart to understanding, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. My son, do not forget my teaching, but keep my commands in your heart, for they will prolong your life many years and bring you prosperity. Let love and faithfulness never leave you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Then you will win favour and a good name in the sight of God and man. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he will make your paths straight. So who gets into all kinds of trouble, problems, 
and consequently punishment. Of course, it's those who ignore the good advice handed down to them, those who act without wisdom. Proverbs warns individuals to try to understand the things of God, to avoid acting foolishly, and to absorb the best instruction and make all those things the foundation of life. The result will be a happy, fulfilled, useful life. It also warns that fools, that's those who ignore the warnings and advice given, are the ones who look for satisfaction in the wrong places and very rarely have a prosperous, satisfying life. Now we come to another warning. It's a very serious one. And it's the very end of the Bible in Revelation chapter 22, verses 18 and 19, where it says, I warn everyone who hears the words of prophecy of this book, if anyone adds anything to them, God will add to him the plagues described in this book. And if anyone takes words away from this book of prophecy, God will take away from him his share in the tree of life and in the holy city, which are described in this book. The placement of this warning is also important. It is a last message a bit like what a parent would say to a child who's about to leave on a long holiday. They're likely to say, now you take care and be alert and watch out for pickpockets when you're in a crowd. The warning as given in Revelation has been disregarded by many, particularly ministers. Some ministers never study or teach anything from Revelation because they say, oh, you can't understand it. Ignoring the words of Revelation or of any other Bible book is very much like taking away from the book. And then again, others misinterpret what the Bible has to say. They put their own twist on certain doctrines and teach things that the Bible never intended to mean. I referred to one of those popularly taught ideas earlier that God's holy law, the Ten Commandments, has been thought of as being disposed of at the, at the death of Jesus on the cross. And why has this idea been so widespread? It is because it's a sneaky way to remove the obligation to keep the seventh-day Sabbath. Nowhere in the whole of the Bible, from the beginning to the end, is there any, is there any injunction or command that people should worship on Sunday, the first day of the week. There are numerous quotes from leading preachers and writers, 
from practically all recognised Protestant religions where all are agreed that the Sabbath was not changed. Yet Sunday keeping has become widespread and well established. The warning about adding to what the Bible teaches has been ignored and error has been taught in place of truth. But worse than that, the warning outlines the consequences of either taking away or adding to what is written in God's Word. The consequences are that those who do those things will not be given eternal life. Instead, they will suffer the punishment of the evildoers. Now, you, dear listener, if you're someone who preaches, teaches, or even if you're part of a discussion group where you are handling the Word of God, be very careful. Make sure you speak the truth. Maybe you don't have an active role in teaching the Word of God, yet you know that certain things that you hear preached or taught and not what the Bible says. Don't think that because you remain silent, you are not responsible. You are. You have a responsibility to speak up and share what you know to be truth. To remain silent is almost as bad as teaching error. You put yourself in a dangerous position when you accept tradition over the word of God. Have you ever wondered why I put in so much time preparing and presenting these Give Me the Bible programs? It's because I too have a responsibility to share truth to both believers and unbelievers. God will not have what he has given tampered with. He will not ignore any attempts to belittle or change what he has written in his word. We're going to have a little break and go on afterwards. On a hill far away Stood an old rugged cross The emblem of suffering And I love that old cross Where the dearest and best For a world of lost sinners was Last I laid 
Now we come to another warning. Chapter 24 of Matthew is a discourse by Jesus of events concerning future things, particularly of the time just prior to his return. Verses 23 to 25 have this to say. At that time, if anyone says to you, Look, here's the Christ, or there he is, do not believe it. For false Christs and false prophets will appear and perform great signs and miracles to deceive even the very elect, if that were possible. See, I've told you ahead of time. What Jesus said has indeed come true. For hundreds of years there are those who claim to be teachers of the word of God who have not taught the truth. They teach what they want or what makes them popular and sometimes, sad to say, what brings in lots of money. And then there are those who claim to be Christ and lead gullible groups of people away from the real Christ. Anyone now who claims to be Christ is not. You see, Christ died on the cross. He was buried and resurrected, and is now in heaven. Do you know that currently there are at least five people in the world who claim to be Christ, and each has a group of followers, some only a few, and some with thousands? Here are their names. There's one who calls himself Jesus Nazarenus Rex Uditorium in Brazil. There's another one, Jesus Maitoshi in Japan. And then there's another one, Moses Holongwani in South Africa. And Vasarian in northern Russia. And Jesus of Kitwe, a cab driver in Zambia. And false prophets are more numerous. Anyone teaching tradition in the place of the word of God or anyone who teaches what is not in the word of God plus anyone who misuses the word of God is a false prophet. There are many religions which base their doctrines on their own interpretations of the Bible, and they too 
are false prophets. Beware of them. They may lead you astray, as many others have been led astray. If you're attending a church where the ministers or priests teach something contrary to what God's word says, beware of them. They are false teachers. The great hope of Christians is the second coming of Jesus. This is sometimes called the blessed hope. Before Jesus left earth to return to heaven, he made this promise. It's recorded in John 14, 1 to 3. He says, Let not your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I'm going back to prepare a place for you, and if I go, I will come back and receive you unto myself, that is, to take you with me, that where I am, there you may be with me. Now, that's a promise. But in Matthew 24, verses 36 and 42, is a warning. And it's regarding the promise of Jesus' return. And Jesus himself said, No one knows about that day or hour, not even the angels in heaven. Therefore, keep watch because you do not know on what day your Lord will come. As you're probably aware, Matthew chapter 24 is largely about events leading up to the end of the world. Those who reject Christ will be ultimately destroyed. Those who do evil will be destroyed. Those who ignore Christ will be destroyed. But, as Jesus said, as recorded in Luke 11.28, Blessed are those who hear the words of God and obey them. So how will they be blessed? They will be blessed with peace, hope, assurance in the here and now. They will be free from guilt because their sins are forgiven. They will be blessed because they have the friendship of God and can go to their Lord any time in prayer. Those things are great blessings, but the greatest blessing of all will to be in the presence of God for eternity. One of the parables Jesus told about his second coming was the parable about the ten virgins. You can read this in Matthew 25. At the end, Jesus warned, Therefore, keep watch, because you do not know the day or the hour of when he was coming. I suspect that the majority of people living on this sad planet are not watching and waiting for Jesus to come. They're living to please themselves. So, then, here are the biblical warnings I've shared with you today. Firstly, the Ten Commandments are an instruction and warnings about how we are to live. The next warning was that if we disobey God, 
we sin, and the punishment of sin is death. And the next is to heed and follow the instruction of the Lord in his word, the Bible. And then we heard that no one is to tamper with God's word. The Bible is God's charter for life. And then we heard that we are to beware of people who claim to be Christ, and we need to be aware that there are many teachers and preachers around who mix error with truth. The safest way to know whether they speak truth or not is to test what they have said against what the Bible says. And if they say, oh, disregard the Bible, you'll know that they are a false false prophet. Another warning is to be, to be aware that Jesus' return and the end of the world is coming. We don't know when, so it's important that we're all ready all the time. My friends, the warnings in the Bible are for our personal benefit. Disregard the warnings, and it's to our peril. On the other hand, if we heed those warnings, we will be saved, and we will be given eternal life. Well, that's it for today. We have to stop, but I want to urge you to take those warnings to heart and act on them. So until next time, this is Len signing off, and in the meantime, I wish you God's blessings and an inquiring mind to take notice of the warnings in God's word and to act on those warnings. Toil and